driving right now and I have a lot of thoughts going through my mind. So I figured I would just record something for y'all while I'm here. I know I had to do a final segment on narcissists. My first segment was, I think, falling in love with a narcissist. My second was dating a narcissist. And I just kind of wanted to touch on a couple things in this podcast. I have about 20 minutes. Y'all know me. I could talk like a motherfucker, (laughs) despite me being introverted. But I just wanted to talk about more toxic relationships and such because they've been such a primal part of my life and shaping me into who I am today. And that's not to say like I am a toxic person. I feel we all could be toxic. I could be very toxic, but mostly towards myself versus others. And I've observed this in human nature. We either become implosive or explosive. Sometimes it could be a combination of both, but typically at least with narcissists, they are very explosive where they take their anger out on other people and blame it on everyone else. And interestingly enough, they tend to date more towards people that are the opposite of them. They're implosive. They take shit out on themselves, which is what I did. So when I dated my abusive ex-boyfriend, if any of you guys don't know, um, I feel like I tell the world, I was in a very abusive relationship. Um, it's kind of become like a distant memory, like a just, you know, when you have a nightmare and it's so bad that you remember that nightmare, that's kind of how my relationship was. And just thinking about it, I'm getting super emotional. But back in 2015, I met my ex-boyfriend, the man I thought I was going to marry. He was my knight in shining armor soulmate he could have done never done anything wrong like I was obsessed head over heels in love with him um sooner or later he started to become very verbally abusive he would tell me really mean things about myself and things he said other people said about me which weren't true um he started like cursing me out and it was just like very mentally abusive and emotionally abusive that's usually how violent relationships start is with the small jabs, um, to your self-esteem, just like psychological control. He was very controlling. He told me where I could and couldn't go, what I could and couldn't wear. He was very jealous. Um, I couldn't hang out with anyone of the opposite sex. I couldn't have any friends. He wanted me to drop out of college. It basically felt like I was being monitored and surveillanced my entire time in that relationship. It just was super scary and it got to the point where he started threatening me, was very intimidating, um, like demanding. He would force himself on me to have sex with him when I didn't want to. I just didn't have a voice and I really lost myself in that relationship. I couldn't say no. I was... I was afraid of him and he started to become violent to the point where he would threaten to kill me um, if I ever broke up with him and things like that. And I was scared for my life. I, I thought he was capable of killing me, so it made things a lot harder. I started going to a domestic violence shelter to get treatment, which I am convinced saved my life. And they had to do a risk 
assessment for like homicide and they said I got the highest score which was very concerning because I was like 21 years old at this point and while everyone else was you know drinking on the weekends and having fun with their friends I was every morning waking up thinking like this today the day my boyfriend's gonna kill me and if he wasn't gonna kill me I was so sick mentally to the point where I was just like, let me just kill myself because I don't know how to get out of this relationship. It was either he was going to kill me or I was going to kill myself. So it was very troubling and it ended up being so consuming in every which way possible that I had to drop out of school because I got so sick. Physically, I started getting sick and I was just very depressed. I was engulfed in my eating disorder and I was attending therapy and doctor's appointments like every day of the week because I couldn't function. And these people, these narcissists or like anyone that's mentally ill that is in a dysfunctional relationship, they will blame everything on you. You could never win. They will gaslight you. They will shame you. They will make you feel guilty and obligated to stay with them. And they basically operate out of a place of fear. And leaving my ex was very hard. Um, It broke my heart because I loved this person. I don't even know so much if I loved him or if it was just like trauma bonding. If you guys don't know what trauma bonding is, um, look up Stockholm Syndrome. I'm not 100% good with history, so I can't tell you all the factual things about it, but these people were kidnapped in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, and they fell in love with their kidnappers and I think that's where the term trauma bonding came into place but overall it was just a very codependent relationship and I didn't want to leave him because I was banking on him changing or healing I thought I could heal him I thought my love could heal him I thought if I do this good enough or if I'm enough then he'll get better And he'll start treating me the way he did in the beginning of our relationship. But that was just all lies. It was based on false promises. And it was honestly, that was never who he really was. So never base your happiness on someone else changing or becoming who they say they are going to become. You can't change someone no matter how kind you are to them. No matter how much you might want to, how good your intentions are that person has to want to change for themselves and I told my ex you're gonna have to get into therapy he had a lot of childhood trauma I said if you want to stay with me you're gonna have to get into therapy he lied and said he was going to therapy and it was just very dysfunctional so I tried breaking up with him multiple times it was never successful he would either talk me out of it or convince me to stay or it would just hurt so bad after I left him that I would run back to him because it was easier than the discomfort that I was feeling it got so like enmeshed to the point where I didn't even want to live without him I thought I can't survive with him and I can't survive without him so let me just stay with him I was completely broken my heart was broken. I felt extremely lost and I was very suicidal. And he told me multiple times, he was like, I'm the best you'll ever do. No one would put up with you. I'm the only guy that would ever love you. No one would love me more than you. So that's why when my last boyfriend said that to me, it was so triggering. And 
during this time frame, like I had very bad post-traumatic stress disorder and that's what abuse will do. It will cause this like psychological manipulation to where you can't think straight. You're not seeing things clearly. You are just like suffocating and you feel like there's no, no way out, honestly. So it took multiple attempts to finally cut those cords. I did end up in the mental hospital after I broke up with him. But, you know, I was, I was okay for a few months. I, I was hanging in there. I was a trooper. And I started to regain and relearn, like, really how unhealthy that relationship was. Because when you're in it, you, you don't really notice all the red flags. And the bad thing about, well, one of the bad things about domestic violence is that it causes you to not trust yourself completely. And there were so many times, like, warning red flags, whatever, where I knew something felt off and I knew that it didn't sound right, but I just, you disregard your gut and all of your fucking chakras are blocked. <laughs> like, it's very difficult. It, it's just like you lose your identity and you basically learn to not trust yourself and it's very harmful. So when we broke up for the first time, like I had to relearn everything and it was it was a struggle but I got through it and then the next spring or something it might have been like I don't know eight months without my ex I saw him because <laughs> he his friend lived right by me and I was taking a walk and I saw him and it ended up like we started talking again we started going out again and I noticed a rapid decline in my mental health um just very quickly soon after we started talking and he was great for the first what week or two I don't know if you guys are familiar with the cycles of violence but it goes with the honeymoon where everything is great and then the tension building phase and then something happens and that's when they act out on violence that's when they beat you up that's when whatever so he was great for a little while but it didn't last very long and I think the breaking part point was for me, um, in 2017, I found out I had cervical cancer and I am a hundred percent convinced that this cancer was caused from that relationship because of the amount of psychological stress and just despair I was in. Um, it took a toll on my body. So I found out I had cervical cancer and, um, trigger warning, this is going to be kind of disturbing. Um, I had to get an operation done where they took the cancer cells out and it was extremely traumatic. It was very painful. Um, I didn't get any anesthesia for this process. Like it was a horrific operation, which I wouldn't wish on anyone. And that night, um, after it was done, my doctor was like, you can't have sex for X amount of weeks or whatever. And like, she, I don't remember. She's like stitches it wasn't stitches but it was something along those lines and that night my ex-boyfriend raped me and he basically told me like my doctor was lying to me I could have sex it doesn't matter and that really like kind of did it for me um you know I ended up calling him or texting him something like a day or two later after I thought about it and I was like listen like I can't do this anymore I'm sorry and I blocked him 
And that was the last time I spoke to him. Well, no, it wasn't actually the last time I spoke to him. But that was when we broke up for good. Um, that kind of did it in for me, honestly, because I was going back to school. I didn't, I knew if I was going to be in this relationship, like I would fail out of school again. And for me, it just wasn't worth it. Um, it, it just, it hurts so bad to be with this person It hurts so bad to be without them. But I had to come to the point where I was like, it's him or me. And I have to choose myself. Like for once, Lauren, you have to put you before him. So I ended up breaking up with him and it wasn't all gun ho from there. It was, it was really painful. I felt like I was going through withdrawals because being in a domestic violence relationship, it is addicting. Your body becomes addicted to those chemicals, those highs and lows. You basically become addicted to the drama. Um, and I was withdrawing from this person it was so hard. I had to go 100% no contact. If you are in the narcissistic abuse community, you know what no contact is. It's basically you just cut all contact from this person no matter what. And it was tempting. And there was days I'd rather be dead without him. I think I cried every single day for like nine months. It just hurt so bad because I had this vision of who I thought we were going to be in my mind. I thought he was my soulmate, but when someone hurts you, that's not love. The, everything, every which way he treated me, it was not love. And if someone loves you, they don't treat you like they hate you, essentially. So breaking up with someone, it hurts either way. But if it is an unhealthy relationship, it's probably going to be that much harder just because of the dynamics of it. So I feel like I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, my ex and I haven't spoken in over a year. I last, he actually reached out to me after I started dating my last ex-boyfriend in 2018. And he asked me to get together again. And I basically said no, which was super hard. But girl, I am so fucking proud of you for saying no. Um, it, it's so easy to fall back into that trap. And, you know, you just have to condition yourself to realize that you deserve better there will be better but not if you're stuck on this one person you'll never see what else is out there and then after that my ex and I broke up I know there's so many exes I'm probably I've probably lost you all by now but my last ex we broke up and I hit up my ex-boyfriend the abusive one I hit him up and I I was very manic at this time. If you guys don't know, I do have bipolar disorder. So when my ex and I broke up, I reached out to my abusive ex because I was manic. And I basically was like, listen, insert name here. I love you so much. I just want to let you know that like I was afraid of you. And I basically told him everything I'm telling you guys now. Like I was like, I was very afraid of you. I didn't want to break up with you, but I felt forced to, like I had no other choice. And I told him I, I would love to be with you eventually together one day again, but you have a lot of issues and you can't keep hurting people and going like this or else you're going to end up in jail, which he was in jail for assault. He got a felony eventually, um, because of his anger problems and just how aggressive he was. And he blocked me after I said that and it wasn't a shock because here's the thing my friends toxic people 
typically, especially narcissists, if they have like a personality disorder, they will never admit that they are the issue. It's so much easier to say it's everyone else that does them wrong. They are the victim because they're never willing to take accountability. Like they don't know what ownership is. And it's because they're so unhealthy that they're not willing to look at themselves because of how scary it could be to admit you have flaws. These people would rather pretend that they're perfect and blame their surroundings and really work on themselves. So I didn't expect him to admit he has an issue and apologize. And he probably never apologized to me at all throughout that entire relationship. And if and when he did, he acted like he would change for a day or two. And then it was nothing but false promises. So don't rely on people around you to change. Change the way you look at yourself. Change the way you see things and change yourself and then you will notice the people and the situations and the things around you will start to change as a result but we can't make our happiness or our peace or a mental state reliant on other people changing and coming to these conclusions and realizations because we will be waiting a very long time and you have to prioritize and honor your peace over other people's there's a beautiful quote that says don't set yourself on fire trying to keep other people warm and I think in abusive relationships this is extremely true extremely extremely true um so that's yeah that was like the last time I really spoke to my ex I saw him on my birthday last year and it sucked because I saw him with his now girlfriend and it hurt it's gonna hurt don't expect it to not hurt don't worry about people telling you, oh, you should be over this by now. I would say it took me a solid three years to really like let go of this and this false dream and really heal my broken heart. But it is a process. It is a hard process. This is probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through if I'm being honest with you. I lost my dad. I've had a lot of like sexual abuse in my life, but this relationship was by far the hardest thing I've ever had to go through, but it was vital. We, when we look at successful people and people that we look up to and admire, it's usually never the things that happen to them that was easy they talk about. It's not, you know, the things they were given or their successes. It's really what marks these people as extraordinary and what makes us respect them is their ability to be resilient and to rise from the cards they were dealt. And we may not always be able to control the cards we were dealt, but we can control what we do with it. And I feel like this was so necessary for me to learn how to love myself, for me to learn how I do and don't want to be treated, and for me to learn like how not to treat other people. And this will always be a sore spot for me. I will always have love in my heart for this person. I don't wish him ill at all. I just, I hope he heals. I hope he gets better because I think he has so much potential, but we can't wait for someone to live up to their potential. That's, that's not our job. And frankly, that's unrealistic. So I do wish him well. I, I know he has so much healing to do and maybe he will and maybe he won't do it in this lifetime. That's really not my business. But I do feel that every person that comes into our life is there for a reason and for a lesson and to show us something about ourselves or life in general. 
and and I don't I wouldn't take back going through this I don't think this is part of my path this was part of my soul's mission and it's made me so, like such a better person in every way it's made me more wholesome it's added more depth to me um and I am sorry if any of you guys are going through something similar please 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 just just love yourself enough to let go sometimes love yourself enough to release this person if they are hurting you if they are harming you just love yourself enough to do right by you because at the end of the day all you have is you and it's not worth another person compromising our well-being just to stay with them so I wish you guys love I wish you guys joy I know love can sometimes seem hopeless, especially these days. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But you just have to trust and just have faith that things will work out as they should, when they should. The person behind me is rearing his engines, bro. I can't go. Do you guys... I hate Long Island drivers. I'm going to be real with you. Like, you know when the light turns green and they honk at you, like, not even a second later... Like, what? (laughs) Have some fucking patience. Oh, he just passed me. He just passed me, but I wish him well. Um, People are going to be angry in life. People are going to project onto you. Um, I'm a very slow driver, but I'm taking this all as a lesson. Driving teaches us patience, and there's going to be mean drivers that honk at you and cut you off and drive around you like that guy just did to me. But we just have to have some empathy and compassion and realize we're all in different spots in our life. Some people are more evolved than others. It's not to judge them. It's not to think you're better than them. We've all been that asshole driver at some point. I've definitely been an asshole driver. But you just, it comes back to just having some sympathy for people and realizing that not everyone you're going to vibe with, not everyone's going to be on your plane, you know? And oh my goodness gracious, (laughs) I've never driven over here before. There's a kid popping a wheelie in the middle of the road and I'm just going to keep going at 40 miles an hour because you can't let other people knock you off of how much growth and how much work you've done. Just keep your eyes on the prize, baby. Keep your eyes.